I uh, go ahead and stand up if you would? Um, some of you will know this, uh, that uh, little Carol that uh, comes to church here, she um, would come with the assisted living group, and uh, she would be at the altar a lot. She passed away this past week. Oh. And, uh, but you know what? She's in heaven with the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ today. Amen. So I believe she's worshiping there with us. Amen. Amen. And uh, she was a great example and uh, praying and coming to the altar and amening and just part of this church. Praise the Lord. And so we're rejoicing with her home going today as we worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Give Jesus a good hand this morning. Amen. Thanks for making it this morning. How many of you did usher in the new year? I mean, you did it after you had like an hour and a half nap from 10.30 to 11.58. I did that. <laughs> Woke up, looked at my clock, waited the two minutes, leaned over and said, Happy New Year, Carrie. She said, Happy New Year. Back to sleep we went. All right. <laughs> we figured it would come in whether we were sleeping or awake, and it did. Um, but thanks for making it this morning. God bless you. Um, you know, it was a great game between Florida and Michigan. I know we, we ended up on the wrong side of the score, but we didn't take a thumping like Ohio State last night. Oh. What color have you got on today, Pastor? Red and gray, but you got your black shoes on for morning. Okay. It's been nice being your worship leader over these past several <laughs> decades. Yeah, there's emergency meeting after church. You're probably wondering what I'm doing right now. I have no idea. I, uh, are we ready? <laughs> these guys are ready. <laughs> I got too much sleep last night. Here we go. One, two, three,
champion. A champion, you fight for us. You made a way when there was none. A champion, you're strong in us. Strong in us, Lord. The dead we
breath of your hope. Till the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul. Till all I know is I've been found by love. Sing one more time. Till the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul. Till all I know is I've been anything like mine, it just one thing after another you had to do every day. Something was going on and uh, you had somewhere you had to be and then uh, if you throw in battling off sickness in the middle of that, that just sort of throws everything into chaos. But you know I'm a firm believer that in the midst of whatever chaos we're dealing with in our lives, God always brings order. And uh, you know in the Bible it says in the beginning that that God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. That means it was in chaos, but then God spoke. Thank God that this week, no matter what was going on, we always kept our focus where it needed to be. You know, I'm grateful that through the elections, I'm grateful through whatever season the United States is in, wherever we're at in the world, whatever battle that we're fighting, that in the midst of whatever's happening around us, and sometimes it can feel very, very crazy, chaotic, can you say amen? That God speaks. God speaks. And as God speaks and we listen, we have our focus. We've got a plan. Amen? Say that. I got a plan. Because God's got a plan. Amen. You could be seated this morning. And uh, we're going to get Jeannie up here in just a moment. I want to mention a couple of things to you. First of all, I want to welcome you if you're a guest with us. Uh, here today, and we got lots of folks that are online with us as well, and uh, we're grateful to have you here this morning and uh, with us or joining later in the day on our broadcast, and uh, we want to encourage you, if you're here locally with us, please be sure to fill out a guest card and place it in the offering basket when that time comes, and uh, we just are honored to have you as part of our service here today. Give all our guests online and here locally a welcome, amen? <laughs> Wonderful. Praise God. Uh, we have a couple of things coming up this week. We have our Saginaw prayer gathering that's going to be happening on Wednesday evening and uh, at 7 o'clock at Joe and Suzanne Farrell's home. And uh, so we want to invite you guys from the Saginaw area if you'd like to join us. That's at 7 o'clock uh, Wednesday evening. Also have our online 
uh, study that we're doing on uh, Facebook on Thursday evenings at 7, and uh, that has gone really well. Let me ask you, we're, we're just trying to, you know, we want to get as many people to be able to connect with what we're doing. How many of you actually are on Facebook? Would you raise your hand if you have a Facebook account or you do something with Facebook, whether you're active or not, all right? Yeah. All right. How, how, you know, uh, we did the live stream deal for a long time, and uh, that cost us about 600 bucks a year, and we can do it free on Facebook, So, and more of our people are on Facebook, so we're saving. We felt like that's money we could put somewhere else, amen? And uh, so um, I think we'll stick with that, but there are folks that can't connect to what we're doing on Facebook, um, and uh, so... Uh, but uh, I encourage you, these, the, especially the Thursday night stuff that we're doing uh, is really powerful. We're studying through faith right now. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you, it's just great. And it's a great way to connect with each other because people are writing to each other and prayer requests are popping up. And it's really an amazing thing that uh, we can connect. We're so di- our, camp- our people are all so distant. We have people all over the place. We're a regional church. I mean, we have people drive 35, 40 minutes. Tammy drove about two hours to get to get here today, and uh, so this is a way that, that that folks can stay connected though during the week, and uh, you know, and we don't have to have a midweek service and can stay connected with the general body. So uh, I just encourage you if you are not, I'm not an advocate of Facebook in any way uh, because uh, there's enough nonsense on there, but it is a great way for us to be able to stay connected. Amen. We're looking at every medium that we can. And uh, trying to, you know, we looked at um, doing something on YouTube, which we can do that live. Uh, you can do it on Twitter as well. Uh, but uh, we feel like most of our people are on Facebook, so we're probably just going to stick around with that, okay? Uh, January the 8th, next Sunday, we're starting, be excited now, our church fast. And so, uh, 29, yeah, yeah, <laughs> 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm going to be on at 6 a.m. in the mornings through those 21 days. Uh, leading in prayer, giving you a prayer seed for that morning at 6 a.m. And uh, if you can't catch it, then you can pick it up later on. But uh, so uh, we do this great prayer gathering. You know, it's really interesting because there's a lot of churches that are modeling after the stuff that this church is doing here in Wheeler. Isn't that amazing? So like I had pastors like with 3,000 people in their church say, show me how to do that because we want, we can't get our people to come to prayer. So if this is a way we can get folks to pray, and we had over 400 gathering online with us. So that's awesome, isn't it? And so that's pretty amazing. I mean, I don't think I've ever had a prayer meeting where we got 400 people to come together. So uh, this is a great way for us to be able to do that. So anyways, um, we're going to be starting our fast. Um, Sharon and I are doing the Daniel fast this year. And um, we've done some different things through the years. But I just encourage you to give up something during that 21 days. And whatever you're giving up, food now I'm talking about, or TV, thanks for your enthusiasm, yeah, to not just sit around and just try to self-discipline, but actually use that as a prayer time, amen, to pray and just talk to the Lord. That's a great way. That's what fasting is really about. It's you giving up something so you can do something that's of a greater value. And so uh, that's what we're going to be doing, amen. Uh, Carrie, do you want to mention about your class uh, that's coming up? Just starting January 10th, me and Chuck are doing the Supernatural Life class. If you'd like to join in, just jot us a note, give us a ring. Um, There was a clipboard out front, but it's in my office. I'm sorry about that. 
just get a hold of us. Let us know you're coming. I think I have about 30 people signed up so good. far. So awesome. Um, it's going to be a good time. We're going to talk about the prophetic, how to move out in the gifts of the Spirit um, and prophecy. We're going to talk about how to hear from God, um, just some basic steps and fun things, and and let you have a safe place to start moving out. So good. If you want to come and join us, come and join us at 7, and we're going to do it for six weeks. So. January 10th, 10th? Tuesday night, Tuesday right? Tuesday night at 7. Is that going to yeah. be in here? Well, if we have 30 people, yeah, I think we're going to have to be. Okay, so. good. No, good. Excellent. Isn't that great? So we encourage you to do that. It'd be a great, it'd be a great, uh, a great opportunity. Well, in this year, 2017, Amazing Grace celebrates 40 years of ministry. Yeah, in June. Now, in the month of June, but this church will have been in uh, in the area. For, I had a lady here last night, and she was uh, visiting, and she said, uh, "She says I've met you before." And I says, "Really?" And she says, "Yeah, I was here in 1989." I says, "Well, I wasn't here in 1989. <laughs> I've only been here since '92." And I said, "The guy that was here was a lot shorter than I am, so I'm here very mistaken about who I am." But, uh, anyways, this church will celebrate 40 years, and uh, Mark and Jeannie Chaffin have been a part of this church from the beginning, and uh, have been here through the years faithfully, and have stayed as part of it. And uh, so Jeannie's going to come, and she's going to receive this morning's tithes and offering. And so give her and Mark a good hand this morning. Amen. Awesome. Are we going to play Jeopardy again? Realize Jeannie was three years old when the church started. Amen. It must be. It must be. We are are three and four or three. Yeah. But anyways, praise God. I love January 1st. Isn't it awesome? And we're in church on January 1st. And I love it because it's a new beginning. Isn't God cool? He gives us a new beginning. And, And a new beginning, what do we do in a new beginning? We get to start over. And the scripture that God laid on my heart for today, pastor just quoted. It was like, okay, enough. Don't preach on that yet. But, but, but yeah, it is in the beginning, God, and God said. And so my challenge to you is God said in a very dark place, God said, light be. I mean, he didn't say, oh, wouldn't it be nice if it'd get light here? You know, he didn't say someday. You know, if we just hang out, someday it's going to be light. But he said, light be and light was. So my challenge to you is what are you saying over your 2017? What's your confession over this year? Because you need to speak it. And it's important that you speak it because guess whose image you're in? We're in God's image. And if you look, we have our grandsons with us today, one of whom, Asher, the oldest, looks very much like his grandpa Fink, his mama's dad. He, if you see pictures of, of my, my, father, or my daughter-in-law's father, Asher's just a spitting image. But if you look at Titus, and you look at who's holding Titus, <laughs> Titus looks like Mark. You know, and you think about, who's, who's your daddy? We got a daddy God, and our daddy God went into a very, very dark, very chaotic place and said, light be, and then he called all things into order. So what are you speaking over your 2017? Because God put that power in your mouth. Our confession every day is we are healthy, wealthy, and wise. You know, and that's speaking sometimes into the chaos of, you know, a lot of things. We are healthy, wealthy, and wise, and God's bringing that. We're speaking a lot of things. You can take, take Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer Paul prayed, or Ephesians chapter 3 and pray that. We've been confessing that over this body for a good long while. 
that, that our roots will go down deep in him and drop nourishment from him. And we'll really know this God that we serve. So with that, when you make your offering today, and if you, if you have checks AGC works, that's really short and simple, Amazing Grace Church AGC. You know, if you don't have a check, you can put it in an envelope so, so it comes in. But when you put it in the, in the offering, let's say something over it. You're a blessing, you're a favor, whatever. Yeah. What are you calling your world to be in 2017? Because you have power over that by what you say. So praise God, let's pray and let's make a good confession over what we give today. Father, we thank you we can come into this house, we can celebrate your name, we can praise you for who you are, and I thank you, Lord God, when you spoke into that chaos, you modeled that for us. So, Lord, some of us have an abundance of chaos right now, we speak to that, and we say light be in our chaos, and we say order come. You put all the planets into order, they don't crash into each other, they're spinning, they're on their orbits, and everything works. We speak into the areas of our life, to family, to job. Lord God, to church, and we say, order be in Jesus' name, and put us in that in that sphere of influence that you'd have us, Lord God, and we, we thank you, Lord, for another year, another time to say new beginnings, and we give you praise, and we, we just celebrate your love today in Jesus' name, amen. Let's bring up our offering, and let's have a good confession over it in Jesus' name. I fall down upon the ground. Down upon the ground, press my face, press my face against the sea, till my heart, till my heart it rises on my head.
Thank you, worship team. Great job. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our children at this time, if we could. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning before we get into some of the prophetic information, just about 2016. And I'd like to use this as an opportunity to uh, share what our ministry has uh, been involved in and what we've been doing. And uh, I, uh, a lot of awesome things, probably the, for 2016, probably the most awesome thing for me personally is, is that um, we had 65 people come to Christ in our services this last year, which is really exciting. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a good hand. Amen. Yeah. Your youth are going that way? Okay. Thanks, Chuck. So, you know, that's good news. I mean, I'd like to see it be a, twice that amount. Amen. And uh, I believe that it's just going to continue to grow. Um, we always have to keep souls in the focus of the church. Amen. And uh, so that's to me is a, is a key thing. One of the things that, that I try real hard to do, and of course, sometimes it's difficult to do, though, is, is that uh, to, to, in the tracking of that, to not repeat. If I recognize the person that, you know, sometimes people are just coming back to the Lord. And so, you know, you we all understand what that's like, that we're feeling we've gotten away from the Lord and we need to come back. Um, not me personally recently, but, you know, it's just one of those things that, that we deal with. So um, I try to be real careful with that. But we had a lot of visitors this year. But uh, actually, to reach more people for Christ, we're going to have to reach more visitors. We're going to have to have more guests that are coming to our ministry. Um, our giving this last year, I don't have all of the figures yet because we just finished up the year, but uh, we gave, oh, we're going to have given well over 10% of our income this year to missions. And I really, you know, my heart is for the harvest, and I know this church's heart is for the harvest. And uh, we, um, you know, who can count the, the countless souls that we've been able to reach through our mission groups and the people that are out there? Um, you know, on college campuses, we're very. Uh, strong on, especially at Central Michigan, um, and uh, Josh and Wendy are doing a great job there, and uh, we're partners with them, and uh, Josh is pastoring the church there, and so we're very supportive of what he's doing, and uh, doing a great job in reaching kids for Christ, and we just this year added another group that, another two people uh, that uh, are with the cru uh, uh, Crusades for, how do we say it? Campus Crusades, thank you. And they call it crew now. That's why I was thrown off by it. But, um, and they're not just reaching there, but we're also reaching at Saginaw Valley. And so, you know, I believe in campus ministry and that we need to uh, reach these kids. Also young people in our area. Uh, Jeff's here this morning. And, and uh, there's a lot of disenfranchised children that are out there that in junior high and senior high that uh, this, has been a, this has been a rescue for them. Uh, I'm reminded back, you know, we helped send kids to camp this year. Um, they're just a lot, you know, we just, as a ministry, we just have to keep that focus. And I know that sometimes, you know, we're like, well, we could be putting that money into putting new carpet in, or we could get better chairs. Or, Look, we, the world, I mean, you got good chairs, all right? Look, I've been in some places where you sit on the floor. So you got really good chairs today, Amen. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, I know they're not the greatest color to go with the sanctuary, but look, if you're colorblind, who cares, right? And so, <laughs> but, you know, to me, the, the world, and I mean, we take good care of our building here, and, and, and we have a great team of people that are working, 
but uh, we're always going to keep that in the forefront. This has always been a world outreach from the beginning and will continue to be that. And so um, we're, we're reaching out. We're adding new missionaries all the time. And uh, I'm especially where my heart, I want to keep helping the, the senior ministers that are out there like the Odells and others. But um, some of these younger kids that are starting out in ministry, I really feel like we need to help support them as well. And so we've added some of them to our docket this year. And and uh, Karen and her husband are, I think, that are with Crusade, Campus Crusade. How old is Josh now? He's 32. So, you know, and then Karen and her husband, they just graduated a couple years ago so that are doing Campus Crusade. So, Jeff, how old are you now? 31. So, awesome. I mean, we want to help these younger ministers be able to do what God's called them to do as well. Amen. And, of course, we're all the time adding missionaries and mission groups and doing our best to support all of them. And, uh, you know, and people like Dr. Terry Mize and others that, that, are, that we're partners with. And so we're going to continue uh, to do that. Some of the uh, – so we're averaging, I think we're close to about 65 kids a week in children's ministry, which, remember, that's about the average size of a church in America right now. And uh, so we got 65 kids – We've had as high as 90 that have come in uh, during any given week, and so that's pretty awesome. We did two great outreaches to the community uh, in Ithaca and Breckenridge with our children this last year. Uh, so we saw some really incredible, I'm sure I'll forget some things here. Our prison ministry, which I want to acknowledge, uh, Bonnie, and I also want Nancy to stand up. And uh, look, these two ladies, stand up, please. Um, These, look, these two ladies, these two ladies, I, and this, I mean this in the nicest way, they're war horses. I mean, they, they held 142 services this year, reached out to 6,100 inmates, had 230 salvations, 14 healings, and one rededication. Thank you, ladies. Awesome job this year. And so we rejoice and we shout with you over that. We continue to fund the local food bank and helping people and assisting people that are struggling. Um, the, the, we've been working real hard with Love, Inc., which is a group that's a Christian-ran organization that will hub all of the different social services that are available through churches in our community. And uh, Sharon has been heading that up. She's sitting again as the president on that board uh, to try to, you know, to, to finish through. They're, they're working in the hiring process of an actual uh, coordinator and doing a great job with that. Um, we're sowing towards that. We're sowing towards the food pantry uh, to, to help people that are struggling. So we just have a lot of things that we are doing. This year we added the online uh, campus on Facebook with our Thursday nights. Um, but uh, we've seen some great things. We've got some great challenges coming up this year. We're going to make a few shifts in some things we're doing. Um, and I'll talk to you more about these in the future. One of the things that's, uh, that, that we're going to be shifting is we're going to bring back the Super Summer Sunday uh, in the middle of the summer, in June, actually. And that, we're going to use that as our 40th anniversary celebration this year. So we're going to do a big picnic, and we're going to have it down at the park in Breckenridge. And so we're real excited about that. And then we're going to have our harvest dinner this year in lieu of a Christmas dinner, uh, which our harvest dinner was always such a big deal. We had a great time with that and uh, hay rides and stuff. And so uh, we're going to be bringing that back this year. Um, so I'm really excited about that as well. In the summer, 
One of the things the Lord led me to do this year was is that to take the Saturday night service only in the summer between Memorial Day and Labor Day and move it to Thursday night. And the reason being is, is that we're trying to reach people that can't come to church on Sunday morning. Well, now we got to reach people that are leaving for vacation on they're going away on the weekend. So this is a way we can do that. And summer, our Saturday night service really goes down because of people are gone for the weekends. And we think people should have vacation. Amen. You deserve a vacation, right? Now, not every weekend, but you deserve one. So we'll have the same message, same worship on Thursday nights, children's ministry, the whole deal on Thursday evenings. And uh, we're going to be doing that. So, But that will only be in the summertime. We'll still have Sunday morning. And uh, that'll be a real that'll be a real blessing for all of that. I know a lot of our team is excited about that uh, because of just it becomes more difficult when people are gone. The team kind of goes down a little bit. This will help add to that. We'll catch people before they leave for the weekend. Amen. So I'm I'm excited about that as well. Uh, that'll be coming up. Our children's ministry. We are uh, we have implemented through Kathy's leadership a brand new curriculum. Um, we did not budget for this curriculum this year. I think it's going to be close to, it'll be under 2000 for the curriculum, but our kids are worth it. I just, you know, you look at the play and what happened with our play this year, the Christmas play. Those kids have been, we're, we're, we're training these kids from cradle. I mean, from birth all the way through, and they could continue. We've got kids that are staying in the church all the way through into marriage, and then they're having kids, and so things like that have been awesome. But we felt like there needed to be a better continuity between our our uh, nursery to preschool to uh, children's to toddlers to children's ministry. And uh, so Kathy and I started praying. We started talking about it, and we found this really awesome curriculum. You that are in children's ministry know about it. And it's also more geared towards involving parents with their kids because we believe you're your children's number one teacher. And uh, so it's a great way for you to be able to be involved in their their Christian education and uh, to be a part of that. So uh, we'll be talking more about that as she kind of gets the last figures in of what it's going to cost for the year. And then uh, we'll just raise the money for it and we'll be fine. Amen? And uh, we'll take care of that. So those are just some of the highlights of things that have been uh, that have been happening in our ministry. We helped Donnie, Don, Pastor Don down in Indiana, sorry. And uh, they're having services on chairs just like these. And uh, this morning, because our ministry helped send those down there, we funded the whole thing, paid for all the expenses to get them down there. A couple of guys from the church drove them down. And uh, just to be a blessing to their church to help them continue what God's called them to do. And he's told me the services are phenomenal. Since they've moved into this new facility, they have a a permanent resident church now that they can meet in. And uh, so they have an identity in the community now. So that's really awesome. Um, I don't have all the statistics. We're a part of the Association of of, uh, Related Churches that is a part of... Uh, pioneering new churches. I'll have those stats for you here within the next couple of weeks, but how many new churches we actually helped fund and start this last year. And uh, the kingdom is growing. Amen. The kingdom of God is growing. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about prophetically some of the things that are going to happen. And I, I as I do this, I do this um, with, I always approach this cautiously. Two aspects I want you to think about. Second Chronicles 20:20 20, 20 says this. 
believe in the Lord your God, you'll be established. Okay? So we all trust God. I mean, believe in the Lord your God, you'll be established. But then Jehoshaphat goes on and says, believe, hear his prophets and you will prosper. So that tells me, and my pastor taught me growing in my spiritual walk, that you need to discern what are the prophets saying. Because prophets are the finger of God. They're the ones that are they are pointing direction. You know, prophets are really a unique group of people because someone that is truly has a prophetic prophet's ministry, when things are good, they're talking about how we're going to head to... They're always aggravating people because they're always pointing out in the midst of whatever's happening, look, we got to repent, we got to get right with God. We're all celebrating and shouting and glory to God, and they're all like, look, you got to get... Here's what's coming. And then when things are bad, what are prophets doing? They're saying, look, here's what's happening. The good things are on the way. It's a powerful move of God. That's how God uses them. So, uh, and that's okay because that's their gift. They're not pastors. I am not a prophet. Right? I am not a prophet. And so, you know, and it, you know my, my role is different than what a prophet would do in the church. But I like to take the first, the end of the year to really go in, dig in. What are the prophets saying? Now, I don't listen to every prophet that's out there because some of them, you know, they're, they're, I, I just, they don't register. I just, I could feel in my spirit that what they're talking about isn't, isn't in line with what, what God's really trying to say. Uh, others, that I don't even know that God has told me, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. So, um, there are prophets I look to all the time. Dr. Mark Barkley's one of them. Not next weekend, I believe it's in two weekends, the, we will start a three-part series through January that he and I are doing on Sunday on, his, on, on the Believer's Voice of Victory Network. We're also doing it on every station he's on where he and I sit down and talk about, uh, about prophecy. And we talk about what's coming in 2017. I don't know why he lets me do that with him because I'm not a prophet. Um, I probably aggravate him more than anybody in the world when we do this show. But, uh, you know, it's a, but, but, but God has just given us favor to open that up, to be able to do it. And so uh, we're going to be talking about that over the next several weeks. And so I hope you'll join in and, uh, and hear that. How many of you get his um, I predict for 2017? Does anybody get it? I know a few of you get it in the mail. Um, and, uh, but uh, it, it's, it's powerful. It's on his website if you want a copy of it. And I'll talk a little bit about some of his stuff. Jerry Savell's another one. Uh, Brother Savell always has a strong word. Brother Copeland's another strong prophet that I listen to um, that uh, I believe uh, speaks. Of course, I miss Dad Hagen, who's gone on to be with the Lord, who to me always saw so far ahead of what was, you know, he's, but he's gone. So, uh, and Ed Dufresne was another prophet that I looked to uh, in my life that uh, definitely uh, spoke into my life. But there are some people that are out there, people like Doug Addison, who I think is a really powerful prophet um, of God, uh, and there are others that are speaking today, and kind of the theme of what's out there right now is 2017 could be a really awesome year. Now, you have to remember 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul laid it out real plain to Timothy. He said, look, whatever has gone before you prophetically, you're going to have to fight for it, Okay? Now, here's the fight you have to fight, the fight of faith. 
Because look, if we get this, sometimes the church can be really, and even our church in ministry, I've seen people even in our ministry do this, that we just get like, well, whatever the Lord wants. Well, if the Lord said it, then let's just do it. You know, if God said it, then we need to do what God said to do, not just sit back and go, well, if God wants that to happen, he'll make that happen. Sometimes it's just God saying, look, I told you what I want done. Now you go make it happen. And I'll be with you. Sometimes he does stuff on his own, and that's great. But remember that the church is is God's vehicle in the earth to reach the world. So we're it. Look at your neighbor and say, you're it. Yeah, you're it. So you got to, you know, you know, you and I can sit back and go, well, we're believing for a worldwide revival. And you know what God says? Look, if you want a worldwide revival, start with you. That's great preaching, Pastor. Amen. So, anyways, a couple of these prophetic words that have come out. Uh, one of these is out of uh, Charisma Magazine. Uh, Jennifer Iaves said 2017 is a year to see, seed, and prophesy into the next hundred years. Now, right away, you know, of course, we as believers, our first response is, well, we're not going to be here a hundred years. Well, remember, a hundred years ago, they didn't think they were going to be here in the next hundred years. And a hundred years before that, they didn't think they were going to be here a hundred years. And a hundred years before that, and actually for 2,000 years, the church has been pretty much saying, well, we're not going to be here a hundred years from now. But we're still here. Right? And I think that the thing that behooves us that's on our part is, is that what we have to think of is not just in our generation. That's what I think that's saying. Is begin to speak, to begin to seed, see, seed, and to begin to prophesy to the future generations that are to come. All right? For what's coming. And so I want, look, I don't want amazing grace that when Mark and Jeannie are dead and I'm dead, Let's say we make it, to, we all get to 120, and you'll get there before me, all right? So, <laughs> but let's say if we get, we, let's say we get to 120, look, at that point, is this it? I mean, are we done here? Does this close down? I mean, at Pastor Jolly, look, we got to have a plan. we got to prophesy. I'm already prophesying the next pastor into this church. You know, I get to be about 70. I got to start thinking about what's, what's going to actually need to think about it before I'm 70. You know, in the next 15 years, or however, 12 years. <laughs> and where's this church going to be? Where am I going to be? I mean, I'm, look, I'm going to be like Caleb, man. Give me this mountain. I'll go keep going strong and keep preaching. But you have to think of that there are other people God is raising up. You got to release that. You got to work with that. So I believe that. I believe that we have to see, but here's the other thing. We have to seed, which is to sow towards the future. And I think that's part of our children's ministry where we're seeding into these kids, realizing that it's not just that we're just paying so somebody can babysit our children in children's ministry, but we're actually seeding into these kids because those kids, you know, little Kyle who imitated me all during the play, uh, actually someday could be the pastor here at Amazing Grace. And so let's just get the reality of that in our life. We're seeding towards something greater. Amen? Uh, this was, I thought, was a really powerful uh, prophecy by Dr. Teresa Phillips. And she said this, I am releasing a revelation knowledge to those who can carry the message to strengthen those who cannot. 
I am releasing a revelation knowledge to those who carry the message to strengthen those who cannot. Also, I am preparing the role of the teacher and pastor to stand in front of the apostle and prophet for just a season. And I think there's some validity to that of what God is going to be doing in the spirit. But I think one of the big things that's going to happen is, is that God is going to begin to speak to you about people that you can encourage and help. And he's going to give you revelation for that. You know, Jeannie mentioned this earlier. She talked about that we have a spirit of wisdom and revelation out of Ephesian prayers that we pray. That's true, and it also says in the book of Ephesians 3 that you would be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the inner man, that you and I would have that strength. As we have that strength, God gives us revelation to be able to take that strength to others. We can never be a dead sea where everything flows into us, and we're just like, man, I feel great, I'm spiritually right, this is totally awesome. It always has to be God's flowing into me so he can flow out to others. We don't sing this song anymore, but we used to sing a a song in the church that was called, There's a River of Life Flowing Out from Me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors and sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out from me. And then the next line, you know what it was? Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. See, as we as believers always have to remember that what God is doing in us isn't for us, it's to go through us. To go through us. Some of you guys have been in such incredible hardships and difficulties and fought through cancers and and family issues and I mean just absolutely uh, amazing stuff that God has helped you through and it was hard as and I'll be kind about this it was hard as heck to go through it you've been through divorce and 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 betrayal and all those different things you've watched your kids some you know some people have watched their kids die young because of rebellion and things look All of that happened to you, but it's not to be the end. It is that God has raised you up out of that so that you can have a word in due season, so that you can say, look, if I can get through it, you can get through the season you're going through right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's why we need each other. I see a real, I mean, truthfully, and I, I, I see a real growth happening in the church this year. And I know that what, you know, people are excited, thinking, well, our politics are all going to turn and things are going to be, you know, and and we're not getting into that this morning. But here's, here's, here's the thing I think that's going to happen. I think that when the, when you run to the world and all of us have found this, the world can only take you so far, you know, alcohol can only take you so far. It really, I mean, I've gone to the limits of what it can do. And then eventually what happens? The season is over. And now, instead of it being fun, you're not having fun no more. Drugs are fun. But that's only for a season. All sin is pleasurable for a season. It is. I mean, come on. It's pleasurable for a season. And for you and I to stand back and go, well, sin isn't any fun. Well, you're lying. It is fun. For a while. I think what's happening is, and what's going to happen is, is that in the world, people are, everything is running this course, and now folks are going to be starting to look at going, you know what? I don't have answers. I don't know what to do. You're a Christian. 
how do you do this? How do you deal with this? How are you dealing with your family? I mean, come on, man, I know I need help. And you're going to have opportunities this year, I believe, to bring that revelation knowledge to people. Amen. In the workplace now, in your family. I think doors are going to open up supernaturally for this to happen. Doug Addison, who, you know, some prophets prophesy by the, the Jewish calendar, which would have started in September. Uh, is it Rosh Hashanah? Is it? Uh, help me. We're in the 10th month. So they would, have, they would have taken it from, they would go to September to next September. And uh, Doug Addison prophesied. So some of the prophecies that have come out have all come out prior to, you know, we're on a Roman calendar. We're not on a Jewish calendar. So uh, our new year starts January 1. But uh, regardless of that, God has been doing something before January 1. And Doug Addison said that there's things that are going to happen. Uh, in the, tw- he, the word 24 kept coming back to him, not because there's a new 24 series coming out this uh, month, but uh, how many of you used to watch the old 24? Nobody? 24? Jack Powers? Man, I was hooked. I, wa- I binge watched the whole series. How many of you have ever binge watched anything? But he says within 24 hours, there'll be supernatural things that will happen in people's lives. 24 months, 24 hours, he said, that you will see things happen supernaturally. And he also said there's going to be a mighty move of God among 24-year-olds. Among 24-year-olds. Who's 24 here today? You're 24. Amen. Anybody else 24? How old are you, Morgan? 22. Well, by the time you're 24, God will get you straightened out. So, <laughs> amen. Uh, so there's great things happening. But as Brother Copeland said, this is going to be a year of fabulous outpourings from heaven. There will be notable miracles that will take place uh, that will happen in the church. Notable miracles that will happen among God's people. And that you and I, we need to prepare ourselves for them. So... I started really digging into this, and God began speaking to me about some things, and then I saw Jerry Savelle's prophecy, and I thought, man, this is totally awesome, because it just ties right into this whole idea. So I want you to turn to Job 22, and I want you to look at this with me, because I believe this is the scripture for the year. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best to get this posted everywhere I can in our ministry. Job chapter 22, and um, you know, Job, if you've ever read the book of Job, It could be, a lot of people talk about Job as a very depressing book, but there's some really powerful truths in the book of Job. I mean, really amazing stuff. You just can't get caught up in all the aggravation Job's going through. You have to look for, you know, these, 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 uh, these redemptive threads that are all through the book of Job. You know, Job, he like says right in the middle, I use this in funerals now, uh, it's one of my favorite passages for funerals because he said, even though I'm seeing destruction, yet I know I shall see my Redeemer. I shall shall stand face to face with him. And, you know, that's powerful, isn't it? I mean, and that's in the book of Job. So it's not a depressing overall book. There's great things that are in there that uh, you and I can glean from. And this passage in Job 22, uh, to me, is the word of the Lord for 2017 for your life and for this church, okay? So I want you to see this with me. Job 22, and uh, I want us to look at verses 
let's look at verse 28. Now notice this. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. And the light shall shine upon your ways. All right? Let me read it again. Thou shalt decree a thing, or declare something. And it shall be established unto you, and the light shall shine upon your ways. There is a declaration that God is requiring of you this year. You're the key to unlocking what God wants to do in your life. But you're going to have to declare it. See, that verse didn't say, wait and God will do it. It said, declare it. And it will be established to you. Now, I think there are some things that, and Brother Savell talks a little bit about these, is that, that you need to declare every day over your life. You know, in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 Abraham grew strong in faith because he gave glory to God and he called those things that did not exist as though they did. He did not call things that exist as though they didn't, which is different, isn't it? So he wasn't in denial, right? He was not in denial. He knew he was old. He knew his wife was old. He knew he had waited 25 years for the promise of God to come to pass in his life. I mean, can you imagine that? 25 years. But here's the thing. He grew strong in his faith because he declared the things that did not, that did not exist, what God had said, the, intan- the untangible things, the, the physical things you couldn't see. He began to declare them over his life, and he called for those things that did not exist as though they did. What God had said. So what did God tell him he would have? A child. So what did he call for? A child. A child. And the whole story about, about uh, Abraham is God working on Abraham and Sarah to get them to stop declaring what they already had and start declaring what he had said. Now, it took them 25 years in that battle. But they experienced the promise of God. The tendency of all of us is to declare what we have. Right? Bad marriage, bad kids, bad money, bad health. All right? Bad life. That's the tendency of mankind. And you know what? There's truth to that, that that is exactly, that is what you're going through. There, you are experienced. Maybe you are in that place right now. But what God says is he comes in with his word into our lives and says, now look, I'm not saying you don't have this issue, but here's what I've given you to believe that will take you from where you are to where I see you being. So what God wants us to do is to declare a thing, now get this, to decree a thing, not a thing we came up with on our own, but a thing that he has said, to decree a thing, and it shall be established to us. It shall be established to us. So this is going to be a year of you making declarations over yourself. And the the tough thing about declarations are that at times you don't have anything even close to what you're already declaring. All right? So here's some things to clarish. Excuse me, to declare. Clarish. (laughs) 
Because he says there in that passage that our light shall shine, the light shall shine upon our ways. All right? So here's what we have to do in our lives. We have to speak over what's going on because the, God told Brother Savell, the faithful shall flourish and it will be like the days of heaven on earth. The faithful shall flourish and it will be like the days of heaven on earth. To flourish means to thrive, to increase, to enlarge, to grow, to be prosperous, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress, and to be at a high point in one's life. To be at a high point in one's life. Now, every day we have to train ourselves now to declare a thing. How many of you think those sound pretty good? I think that sounds great, right? And you know, as, as James told us, the tongue is like a rudder on the ship. So, all right, we're going to steer this ship. Now, we can't say that God is steering the ship yet. It's only, God is only steering the ship if you're saying what God is saying. So James says that the tongue is like the harness in a horse's mouth. A horse's mouth, a horse, a harness, all right, doesn't do any good if there's nobody pulling the reins. The horse is still going to do whatever it wants to do. It doesn't automatically go, oh, I've got a harness in my mouth. I better go this way or I better go that way. There's something governing what's happening, right? So what? here's the reality for you and I. To decree a thing is to take what God has said and to begin to declare it because we recognize that he is the governing factor of our life. He is the one that controls the bit in our mouth. He is the one that is ruddering. He is the captain of my ship. And so I turn this over to him. And so to do that, then I'm going to have to declare or decree what he has said. Now, how easy is it for you to decree what you're seeing? It's real easy for you to do it. Well, this stinks or this isn't good. I mean, look, we could all tell our stories here today. I got them, you got them, with things that aren't good and bad and health and, and on and on. But the reality that you and I have to, uh, to move into is what has God said? Remember, God sees things at the beginning. He can already see where the end is. So what he talks to you about is the end, not the beginning. That's why he says, look, i got a future for you and plans in Jeremiah. I mean, I already see this happening in your life. I already see this out there for you. You're not who I, you're, right now if we were to take you at face value, you're not there yet, but that's where I see you getting to. But that isn't just going to happen because for, by some supernatural process of osmosis being around the church that it's going to happen. It's going to happen because you're declaring it over your life. I am prosperous, I am healthy, amen, and I think that it, it's on our part to know scriptures that back all of that up. You know, I, I'll do this in a couple of weeks, but I do a message called Five Confessions to Hold Fast, and uh, you know, some of you probably know it by heart, but the thing is, is that, look, I, I believe in five confessions to hold fast every day of your life, to confess over your life, because that's how you guide the ship. 
That's how you're going to guide your ship through 2017. God's already made the decision for you to be blessed, prosperous, increase, enlarge, grow, abound, spread out, expand, make steady progress, and to be at a high point in your life. Wouldn't you love this year to be the high point of your life right now? The high point of your life. That your family comes to Christ, your kids come to Christ, amen. That Jesus is Lord in your household. I mean, that you're financial. That you, how about this is a year you get out of debt? Pay off all debt. Not just because you're a good saver, but because supernatural provision has happened to your life. Amen. How about that you're living on, you know, like Marcus shared so many years with us, that you're cutting into that percentage that you're keeping. It's not just 10 now. It's 12 or 11 or 13 or 14. That I, I, you, know, my, you know, Sharon and I, our goal someday is to live on, nine, on 10% and give 90 away to the Lord. Say, so, well, you know, well, you worked hard for that. Yeah, I worked hard so that I could be able to live on 10. And that 10 is going to have to be pretty big. So can you say amen? Hallelujah. This is a year of fabulous outpourings from heaven. Now, all of the prophets that I looked at, they all pretty much had that same theme. But I'm going to give you, uh, Mark Barkley had the exact same line. He said, look, the Proverbs 28.1, his verse for the year, the, right, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. That, that word boldness in the Greek language means to be outspoken or with extreme confidence. Imagine you living your life with extreme confidence in your God, no matter what situation you find yourself in. That you know what God has said about you. You know what God has said about your family. You know what he has said about your health. You know what he said about your finances. And so no matter what's happening around you, you have an extreme outspoken confidence in God. That Look, that's not the, that's, that might be what's happening. I'm not denying it. But this is what God says. This is where I'm going to be. So, I believe that. Mark Barkley also shared, I thought, which which was really powerful, and this was about uh, the cities, Mona, which applies to what you're doing in in Saginaw. And uh, and I think one of the reasons God's got us doing these prayer meetings is is that um, the biggest warfare will be in the cities. Be in the cities. So what we as the church have to do is be ready to take the cities. And you always take the city with prayer first, right? I mean, we're going to, you know, praise God for the hundreds and hundreds of meals that this lady and her husband and team have served to people in Saginaw and, and the work that they've done. Praise God for that. But we always have to remember that prayer is what is going to change the city. Prayer changes the city. Food does not change a city. Prayer changes hearts. Amen. It's influence of God. And so, I mean, I, I, I won't get into detail about this, but I mean, we've had these prayer, we've had two of these prayer meetings, and strategically, God has shown us stuff about the city that we need to be praying over the city. But our plan is, is not only to do it in Saginaw, but, you know, Alma is a city. Alma is a city. It might not be as big as Saginaw, but it's a city nevertheless. And so what we have to do, Mount Pleasant is a city. You know, these are places that strategically we need to be able to launch in prayer initiatives to be able to, you know, to take authority. Because darkness is not going to win this fight. Amen. 
But we've got to decree a thing. So Mark Barkley said that the greatest battles you'll see will be happening in the cities this coming, uh, in, the, in this coming year. So here's three things I wanted to challenge you about uh, that uh, as we're moving forward. And I think th- three things that we got to be real careful of, and then I'll, I'll wrap up here this morning. Um, one is that uh, the enemy always has counterfeits. And there's always a tendency, you know, when, when you talk about, like, when you talk about prosperity in the church, if we're thinking about prospering so that we can fund the kingdom of God, which, let me, let me back off that a minute. If we think about prospering so that we can follow God's heart, if we can follow God so that, we, because what, you know, God doesn't care about you having more stuff. I, I'm sorry, I, if you think it's about you having a, an 80-inch TV over a 70-inch TV, God does not care. And, you know, as much as I love Ohio State and, and, and even rooted for Michigan, God doesn't really care who won the game. Okay? He doesn't really care. This morning he wasn't all upset over what happened last night. And if Alabama wins, I don't think God's going to go, that's my team. They won. <laughs> or Clemson wins. I don't think God cares about that stuff. All right? I think what God cares about is building the kingdom building the kingdom and getting as many people into the harvest, gleaned out of the heart, taken out of the harvest as possibly can be. That's why Jesus said, look, pray guys, please pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send harvesters into the field to to be, because as far as God is concerned, the fields are white unto harvest. We just don't have the right harvesters yet. I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think that you can pull beets with a combine. I don't think you can. And you can send a combiner out into that field, but no matter how hard they do, all they're doing is taking beet tops off. They're not harvesting the real harvest. We need harvesters to go into the field, and they need to be funded to go into the field, amen? Because harvesters, look, they shouldn't have to go at their own expense. They should be able to go by the backing of the kingdom, the the, the ones that are sending, the, the gospel, Jesus who's sending them. So my point is this. The danger that we'll always deal with is, is that we, and, and we've done it in the church, and I saw this happen, is, is that we will take and we will turn God's vision into selfish ambition. So all of a sudden now it becomes more about us getting more stuff for ourselves. More money for me and bigger houses and better cars and all of a sudden our parking lot's full of caddies and and Lincolns and we're all going out and going, look at what a good, look how prosperous we are. But look, to me, you know, does any of that really matter in this life? I don't care. I've had nice brand, I mean, I had cars I pulled off the lot, had six miles on them. But guess what? They all rusted. They all broke down. They all broke down. Brand new, spanking off the lot. Window fell right out of the, you know, when I was putting it down. Engine light came on. How many of you have had the, you buy a new car, you buy an old car, you're going to still have stuff you got to deal with. What God is interested in is, is that 
you and I not putting our value in things that moth and rust can corrupt, but in the eternal value of his kingdom. God wants you to be blessed. I mean, he wants you to have good clothes. He wants you to have eat good food. He wants you to be all that stuff. He wants you to have a good home, be debt-free. I believe all of that about God, but not at the expense of his kingdom. Not at the expense of his kingdom. Vision is an awesome thing because, I mean, vision is a principle from the scripture, and so... It will work in all kinds of different circumstances, even in ungodly circumstances. Without a vision, people perish, the Bible tells us. But the danger is, is when that vision becomes about you and I and our own ambition. You know, this church, we have to be careful. One of the things we have to be, we have to really watch with this because I don't know if you know this, but you go to an innovative church, right? We're innovative. I mean, you know, we're in Wheeler, Michigan, folks. And we're innovative. We're in Wheeler, Michigan, in a rural setting where we are reaching around the world right now that never thinks, we have never thought small here, ever. I mean, we, we have reached, we've done 4th of Julys, we've reached thousands and thousands of people. We saw Walmart shut down one year because of the 4th of July that we did one year. So, I mean, look, this is an innovative church. But the minute that our, the innovation that God gives us becomes about what an awesome church I go to, man. This is great because we, we do really big things for God and we're really cool and we're better than the church that's down the road. You're not better than the church that's down the road. You're just an innovative church. Just because they're not innovative doesn't mean they're a bad church. Thank God for the church that's ministering to 30 people every week. Amen. I, I personally, I couldn't, I would do it if God told me to do it, but I, because I'm an innovative pastor, I couldn't, I, I would go nuts doing that because I'd drive those 30 people crazy. I'd drive you guys crazy. Imagine what I'd do with 30 people. Number two, things we have to watch out for is that self-preservation becomes disguised as wisdom. You know, um, this, is a, this is kind of a touchy one because, you know, a lot of times stuff will happen and we'll go, we'll, we'll use wisdom now. See, that's self-preservation. If God told you to do something, then do it. You don't need to sit back and go, well, you know, you need to use, well, God told me to share my faith with my family. Well, use wisdom, brother. See, you, you do know that every assignment that God gives you, the devil is waiting to stop it. Man, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was on fire for God. I was on my way to the mission field. I was just so excited, Mark. I was going to the Philippines. And I got in the airport, and I'm standing there talking to this other Christian believer. And, you know, when you're on fire for God, you just figure everybody else that's a Christian's on fire for God, too. So I'm standing there talking with this guy. I can't remember what his name was, but I'm just talking to him, and, and, and we were holding our bags, and, I, and so I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just totally sold out to Jesus. I love the Lord, and I'm, I'm so excited about going on this trip, and I, I want to tell you, supernaturally, this happened in my life, and, and I was in this full gospel businessmen's meeting, and the guy that was speaking in it was from the Philippines, and, and I just know God has opened this door up for me to be able to go on this trip, and, and supernaturally, he's funded this trip, and I mean, it's just totally awesome, and 
And then I was in a meeting just last week, and, and I think this was all God pulling this together because Charles and Francis Hunter were speaking, and they gave an altar call for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so that they could go into the world and be witnesses and be full of God's power. And I want you to know, I went up to the altar, and I got prayed for, and I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, this is in 1979. So, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in other tongues. And right away, you know what he said? Brother, you better use wisdom talking about that. Because not everybody believes in that. Right? Ever had anybody do that to you? Oh, yeah. See, that's self-preservation. That's not wisdom. Well, God told me to give $100 to this person. Well, you better use wisdom. Look, if God told you to do it, then do it. Okay? But see, there are always folks, and that's how the enemy works. He's very tricky about this because it'll be about self-preservation. No, 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 be careful. You want to watch out. You don't want to go too far. You don't want to go to church too much. You don't want to pray too much. Don't read your, oh, you're in the Bible reading program. Oh, you be, be careful. Watch out. Use wisdom. You tithe. Oh, man, you better use wisdom. That's self-preservation. That's not wisdom. Selfish ambition disguised as vision. Self-preservation disguised as wisdom. Here's the third one. This is a tough one right here. Self-condemnation disguised as humility. You got to beat that thing. You got to beat it. Our default as humans is to beat ourselves up over how bad we are. You know why? Because we were bad. Right? I mean, we were. We come to Christ, and then we realize how bad we really were, right? And we can become a Christian. We're like, man, I was bad. I mean, I was, Lord. But here, and so what do we do? We, we beat ourselves up over it because it sounds humble. You know, I don't want to get lifted up in pride and, you know, and to think I'm, look, here's the thing. You're not who you think you are. You are who God says you are. And you got to say what God says about you. We have whole faiths, whole religions, whole ch- Christian religions that are all built around the whole idea of beating you up about your past. You'll never be good enough. You'll never fulfill. I just dealt with a guy this last week, and, and, and he was raised in the church, and he's got so much shame and guilt in his life that he just he struggles to believe in God because he can't get past his own shame and guilt. And so I'm trying to minister to this guy, and I'm just trying to bring him to the the reality that, look, just because that's what the church told you, that doesn't mean that's what God said. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you're going to have to make a choice this year. Are you going to decree a thing? What do you want to establish? What do we want to sit here next year in 2018? Seems weird even saying it. And be able to look at in our life. What do we want to see happen in the next hundred years in God's kingdom? You know, the scripture says, and I'll I'll finish with this. Why don't you stand up with me? You guys have been doing so good. I know this is a little labor intensive doing this kind of a message. But but I feel, I, I, I want you prepared for this year. This is going to be, this can be, I should say, the most awesome 
prosperous, blessed year you've ever had in your life. This could be the, how about 2017 is the high point of your life. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming all of us here have had high points in our life. You know, when I got married to Sharon, that was a high point in my life. My first year of marriage with her, high point. And, and, and of course, after that, all, she's watching all high points, all. Okay. So let me get out of this as quick as I can. Not, not the right illustration. Let me think of something else. But I've had moments where there are high points in my life where I've just been, you know, bills paid, out of debt, prospering, abundance, able to sow on every occasion, increase, all these things. You know, Mark, every year when you, and you know this about me, that we're, I'm already speaking over the fields for what's going to happen this year. Because there are going to be all kinds of people saying, well, this could happen. Well, you know, there's El Nino. They always said that last year. Well, this is going to be a bad year. It's going to be a drought. But we get in agreement. We start decreeing a thing. So here's something you've got to work out in your heart. You have the right to decree what God says. You have the right to decree what God says. Even if circumstances and situations around you don't even appear like that's the direction things are going, you can still decree what God says. You've got to make that choice yourself. So what are you going to say? What are we going to sit back at 2018 and the first week and look at this past year and be able to say, that's what you need to start declaring. So best year ever, Mark. Amen. Best year ever. Amen. Tia, all things settled, right? Everything's settled. Everything's taken care of. Hallelujah. Amen. Lonnie, all things sold. All things prospering. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, I just go around the room. But it don't, look, I can do that all day. I can do it till I'm blue in the face. But it doesn't change until you do it. Until you do it. Until you do it. Bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we've had a great year. Lots of challenges, but it's been a great year. And Lord, here we stand today. We're alive. We got clothes on our back. We got food to eat today. We got cars to drive home in, gas in those cars, Lord God. Lord, we got homes to go to that are heated and and, and warm. We got nice beds to crawl into tonight, Lord God. We got jobs to go to tomorrow. Father, I thank you that, Lord God, you have prospered us this year. God, we are so grateful for your provision. Some of us here, Lord God, fought fought through terrible health battles this year, Lord God. But yet here we are still alive. Cancer didn't win. Cancer did not win. Cancer did not win. And will not win. In the name of Jesus. Depression didn't win. Lack did not win. And, Lord, here we are moving forward. So, Lord, we establish today that we will declare a thing. We're going to decree over our marriages, Lord God, that they are solid and healthy. Lord, and our families, Lord, that all present, all serving you, Lord Jesus Christ. We declare, Lord, as Mark Barkley said, the prodigals are coming home in the name of Jesus, Lord. We decree a thing. And even when it doesn't look, God, we're going to keep declaring the prodigal is coming home in the name of Jesus. 
Father God, I thank you today, Lord God, that you have given us the authority to be bold as a lion. So may we this year be bold and declare what our God has said. Lord, may we arise and shine because, Lord, the light has already come. May we say what you have said and call those things that do not exist as though they do, Lord God, calling them in, calling in abundance, calling in health, calling in family, calling salvation, calling deliverance in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And I thank you, God, that we will walk in in the light and the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want, if you're home, you can do this. Don't clap yet. If, if you're home... And-